Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. My guest today is Rini Cavallari, who is the CEO of Aspire, an RCI Institute. She's an expert in leadership and business development. In today's episode, Rini and I talk about her best-selling and critically acclaimed book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential. This book teaches you how to stop questioning yourself and dump your head trash for less anxiety, bigger potential, and a better quality of life. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you so much, James. It's great to be here. I am really looking forward to this. We had a fantastic pre-call, so I know you and I are going to laugh quite a bit and just enjoy each other's expertise. I mean, you have done so many things, and so I'm really looking forward to having you really explain what head trash is. We all experience it. We all don't realize how much it affects us. And as we know, as we talked about earlier, head trash is the impetus or the beginning part of what burnout looks like. So you have so much to talk to with us today in 27 minutes. 27 minutes. So with that in mind, how did you recognize that you had this ability for leadership for just really be helping people reach the next level of their life? Well, actually, I, you know, when I started my career way back when, my mindset was always this, you know, how can I help people? And yeah. so Aspire, my firm, only it really became um, things that I love to do. Like, that's what I do. And so working with leaders in particular around the globe was such a gift because you were, you were just constantly learning and growing. And it also helped me identify how to help people at a different level. And when it comes to head trash, that's actually where the highest level of our potential, when we can dump our trash, our real potential comes forward. And hence, you can really help someone. Yeah, you certainly can. You know, in psychology, we call that core beliefs. So usually a core belief kind of rolls itself out when you do something really silly. So let's say I trip and fall or I, I just make a, a quote fool of myself. And all of a sudden, whatever I tell myself, like, James, you're so stupid or what is wrong with you? You're so this or that. Whatever that statement is, is usually the statement that was programmed in us when we were kids, for whatever reason, either somebody told us that or in that moment of embarrassment or whatever it is, we told ourselves that. And unfortunately, that becomes a platform because it's traumatic. And all of a sudden, the next time something similar happens, then that's, we tell ourselves that again and over and over. And so that becomes the template that we use. And so what I always think of, you know, the head trash is your, is your terminology, your thing, which is fantastic. But I always like to think about when I was reading about this is when it comes to core beliefs in psychology, that's essentially, I'm assuming what it is, is the foundation of the core belief of what we think about ourselves. That's so true. And actually, I refer to that in the book as the imprints. So we have all mm. these imprints that occur in our life Perfect. and they actually, kind of live in what I reference as the emotional brain. So we have a physical brain that kind of tells the body how to operate, but we have an emotional brain that's running our life. And yes. the emotional brain has two sides. It has a connected side and a disconnected side. And as you said, James, when something happens in life, and it could be big, small, whatever, it's just an event that occurns. And it that's either lives 
on the connected side of our emotional brain, which is positivity, where we have clarity, collaboration, creativity, you know, solutions live, or it goes to the disconnected side. And on the disconnected side of our emotional brain, that's where negativity is, fear, worry, um, anxiety, burnout. All of these emotions and realities for us live on the disconnected side. And so simply put, the goal of life is to spend as much time as possible on the connected side of your emotional brain. And so we want to look and understand the ways to do that so that we take back our personal power and really can aspire. I, I, I love that. I think that is incredible. And I know you're going to teach us some of the techniques. What I really want my listeners of yours to know as well is just because Rini and I are on this side of the mic or on the camera, we all deal with that as well. So we all have to work through our own head stuff. Uh, like today, I can think of some things where I completely catastrophize. It's a fancy SAT word that means you take something small and you blow it up into something huge. So I had some of those today and I'm like, all right, James, let's, let's calm down. <laughs> all is well. <laughs> you are fine. And so it is just, it makes me chuckle because I do think sometimes people forget that we as a quote experts that we don't have to struggle with these things, but yeah, we do as well. But the more mindful we are of each thing we do and the intention of why we do this. So I always tell people in the moment, simply ask yourself, what am I learning about myself right now? And when you could ask yourself that, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I am on the disconnected side or I'm on the connected side. If I'm on the connected side, oh, that's great, James, keep it up. You're doing fantastic. If I'm on the disconnected side and I'm like, wait a minute, oh, I don't have to be. Why am I this way? So it's a good way, good, good checking with yourself, but, for, uh, but just really normalize it that. We all have our struggles. We all deal with this. And the more mindful you are, the more aware you are of your, of your life, the more you can live in the connected side and live a life that you want to live. That's full of joy and full of fulfillment. It is so much about awareness. And a lot of times we find ourselves deceiving ourselves, that we blame and shame a situation, somebody else, et cetera. And I always, people say, why'd you write a book on head trash? And I'm like, I'm an expert in head trash. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, got, well, I am I mean... more than the average person. Like, let's just see. And in the book, there's lots of stories about my yeah. head trash and what allowed me to kind of learn how to navigate through it and how to not have it take over. But yes, you know, I, I have head trash every day. It's, you know, at some point, sometimes we have head trash, James, as simple as someone cuts us off on the road, you know, and it triggers something and you know, how we, what part of our brain we land in that determines how we're going to act or react. And so the goal is that when we can spend our life and, and especially first thing in the morning, making sure that we have habits that decrease our emotional stress, you see high levels of stress live on the disconnected side. So if we have tools in our arsenal that every day we're working on where we decrease our emotional stress, that gives us clarity. When we gain clarity, we can take productive action. So going back to that driver on the road who just cut me off and I have, you know, I'm rolling down my window thinking, and by the way, I'm only like five one, you know, like being a little, you know, boastful towards someone with the window down, like I better have my high speed going. So but the fact is how we react to that situation, it, it not only um, puts uh, stress on us, it, it also can change how we feel about the whole day. And so if I can just ask myself a question, if I have the tools to shift over to the connected side of my brain and get my mindset where, wow, that person must be, you know, 
they're in a hurry or I better get out of yeah. their way. Like they're not. <laughs> then I won't feel the aggression of, yeah. hey, look, you loser. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, like getting into that. Yeah. You know, I call it get my Philly on. I'm originally <laughs> from Philadelphia. And I, I can get my Philly going. And, you know, and all of a sudden I think I'm six foot five, but I'm not. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the analogy I would use is, you know, it's every day you're given 100 energy points. And so every day you get to use those energy points or spend them however you want. And so I always think of that for myself is if, you know, let's say I am driving and someone cuts me off in that moment of reflection, and this is something I've done quite a bit. So it's, it's, it's easier for me and people can use whatever you're going to teach them as far as how to be mindful of their emotional state. But I always think, all right, James, you have hundred energy points. And if you want to allocate four of those points or five of those points to this person, and you have a really busy day, at let's say 4 p.m., you're going to be exhausted. So I don't want to be bankrupt. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be in a state where I don't have the energy to complete what I have to do. So I'm always, I'm, I try and be, I'm always not perfect about it, but I was trying to be as mindful as I can be because I can, I can emote. I can say those things, but I'm kind of stingy when it comes to my emotions <laughs> and how much energy I have. So I try and pull that back as qu- quickly as I can. So therefore I can allocate it to something that does bring me joy, that does allow me to fulfill whatever my schedule is, whether it's the most busy schedule, whether it's the least busy. But by the end of the night, when I go to bed, I want to look back at my day and be like, oh, I actually feel really refreshed. When you are focused like that and you're questioning, how am I going to, where am I going to put my energy points and what exchange rate am I going to get? You know, yes, if I'm going to exert a whole lot, <laughs> yeah, right. If I'm going to put a whole bunch of energy against something that is not going to give me anything back, Like that's crazy. And so, you know, being in that space and learning how to truly move to the connected side, that is critical to the quality of our life. And ultimately what I define as success is how much joy is in my life. Like that's Mm. how I look at my Yeah, I really like that. So let's, let's quantify joy. Everybody has an idea of what joy is, but I, I I hear that in in quality of life, but how would you quantify joy? So people have a a really good understanding of what that is. So when we talk about joy today, that's like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense for me. I understand how that relates, relates to my own life. So joy is anything that in my opinion is bringing me happiness. So joy on a Saturday, watching my four-year-old grandson play ice hockey is like, ever present. I actually refer to Aiden as my joy machine. Like, you know, me, like, you know, I, like I want to package that. But so, but also I love my work. And so when I'm doing work that brings me joy at the end of the day, I may have put in 12 hours, 14 hours, I'm racking my brain working on something, but it felt joyful. Like I was loving it. And so what actually happens when we go into burnout, you know, we lose joy. Joy has been depleted. It goes to your energy points where you're waking up in the morning and you have so few points. You don't have a hundred to start. Mm -hmm. For some reason, you're down to five. Well, five could go away in a nanosecond. Oh my gosh. And so I think joy is so personally defined and that's why I literally look at it every day and I reflect on You know, how did I spend my day and what was my joy factor? And it's not a, it's not even a mathematical formula. I just know, and that's how I can shift my behavior because I can say, you know, that's not paying off for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like that, but we don't, we don't tend to be as mindful about how we're spending our time and what energy we're putting out and the exchange of that energy. You know, my father used to say who you hang with is who you become. 
you know, one of my favorite quotes is you can't hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles. So if you want to be an eagle, like I'm really mindful of people with whom you associate because you don't want your levels to drop. And I was like, womp, womp, and you're not able to accomplish your goals. But I wanted to jump into, you had said something about morning. So you know, as however you start your day is indicative of how your day is going to go. What are some things that you teach that you do for yourself or that you really instill in your book about how to start your day in a way that is full of joy or full of productivity? But for me personally, like this morning, I, I, before I even get out of bed, I meditate. I have a ton of energy and it's natural energy. And when I can just zero in on my energy and, and focus it so that I really get myself going in the right direction, it changes my day. It also sets mm. me in gratitude. And so then I journal. Actually, I have a joy journal. Mm. And oh. in the joy journal, it, there's four things that I look at. The first thing is, what's my word of the day? Which puts me in intention for how do I want, what do I want to be today? Who do I want to be today? Like to, today, my word of the day, because I was hanging with you, was inspired to help inspire people. That's my yeah. word of the day. My second question is, what is the head trash I need to let go of? because that is what's holding me back. And by acknowledging it, as you said earlier, when we know it, then we can do something with it. When we're present in it, it doesn't control us. We can then decide how we're going to react to it. We're going to move into that in a moment. And then the next question is, what do I need to focus on today? So that gives me that mm, sense of clarity of where more. I'm going to be productive. You know, on Saturday, it could be that where am I focusing on? I'm focusing on love. Like I'm with my family. I'm going to the farmer's market, which I personally love. Like I could get lost in a farmer's market for, you know, hours, but also I'm, I'm getting my fresh produce. I'm going to make my menus for the week, things that I love to do. And the last question is, what am I grateful for? And what we do know is that when we move from gratitude, we decrease that emotional stress. So when I journal in the morning, that, that, allows me to really make sure that my mindset is is strong and in the connected side. Then for me, I like yoga. I'll, you know, I, I don't, you know, running was a huge answer on our 20, our list of 27. The, the only time I run, James, is when someone is chasing me. That's it. But like I <laughs> the do person like to in the car. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I'm running. But, or, but I, I find, you know, whether it's yoga or using my elliptical bike, um, I also like track at my fitness pal, like I'm yeah. tracking because it motivates me and it keeps yeah, yeah, me focused. It. And it also gives me like, Ooh, look at me. You know, I can have 500 extra calories because I did something with my, you know, with my body this morning. Yeah. So, and then I actually move into my day. And so whatever that day looks like, I plan my day the day before simply because it decreases my stress the Same next thing, morning. Yeah. So that's yeah. how I start my day. So then when I do get to my email and something happened in the world, as it will always, as long, you know, like I wanted to, because otherwise <laughs> I won't be here and that would be a bad alternative. But I, if I, if I get myself moving in that direction and give myself that little extra time, I can remember early on when I was a mama and I was trying to get my daughter Bella off to school and I was making breakfast and, and getting her lunch together and, and I wanted her to have healthy things. So I wasn't, you know, I was really conscientious of what I was making or putting in. Or, yeah. And sometimes I would cut my time off, you know, I would kind of like, okay, I'll get up at six, but really I needed to get up at five fifteen yeah. if I was going to set my day in the right tempo. And every time I get up at six and 
everything had to move like absolute clockwork. Well, you know, God forbid I, you know, got a red light on the way to drop off, <laughs> you know, because I was like, and the, what we don't realize is all the stress that I created for her yeah. when I was yes. not taken care of. So morning routines for me really help. They, they're a muscle that put me in that connected side. Wow. My listeners and viewers, we are talking with Rini Cavalieri about her book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential. We're going to be back in just a second after we hear from this commercial break. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Lifeology. We are speaking with Rini Cavalieri with her book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential. I have had so much... I've gotten so much insight from you. We were talking about just head trash in general and head trash can be anything that causes us stress that moves us away from our feelings of joy. Joy is whatever, however you want to measure it, but we have different sides of our brains when it comes to you feeling connected or you're feeling disconnected. Um, that, that aspect is something we all need to be mindful of because with, without that ability to be mindful of what we, we, engage in. And all of a sudden, if we're living in this disconnected world where our head and our head is full of, would you say trash? And then with that, unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to fulfill our highest potential. So that's a quick little recap. Did not do it justice for him. So you definitely want to make sure you heard the first part of that because Rini did a fantastic job explaining all that. We just spoke a couple seconds ago with her about her morning routines, everything she does. So once again, go back and listen to that if you just catch um, joining us right this second. But Rini, I wanted to ask you this question. So we were talking about morning routines how you start your day is indicative of how your day is going to go. So obviously getting up a little bit earlier than you need to allows for when life happens. But there's way, things you were talking about and some in your media kit was talking about ways to quickly pinpoint your emotional state. How do you do that to help people pinpoint this is how I'm feeling and what do I do with it? Yeah, so in the book and actually having worked with literally tens of thousands of leaders, that's where this information has really been drawn from. It's just yeah. not my own personal journey. Yeah. It's how do we shift people? Because that's actually what Aspire does. We shift human behavior. Yeah. And so that people rise, rise to their potential. So the first step, there's three elements to shifting your behavior. And the first is own it. So mm. when when something is happening and we have that feeling like, you know, we're annoyed, we're anxious, we feel whatever that thing is, that when we own that, we can then shift it. But we have to own it. What tends to happen is we get stuck in it. So we blame, we shame, we make excuses, we get, you know, we kind of disconnect from whatever it is, denial, et cetera. But when we can own it and just say, okay, I'm really upset this person. Let's say, you know, you're running a business and someone quit and you're upset about it. They quit. They were unhappy. It feels personal. But when you mm -hmm. own that, that, okay, this person is making a, it, you know, it has quit and it's inconvenient and I'm unhappy about it. Okay. So you own it. But the big thing is the shift. So there's three steps to this process. It's own it, shift it, dump it. And shifting it, there's three ways that we have identified that are the simplest ways for someone to shift. The first is change your environment. So, you know, if you're in an environment that's intense, it will tend yeah. to fuel more intensity. The second is, again, who you hang with. So who are you speaking to? Are they helping you shift or are they digging you in deeper into that disconnected side? Mm. But the single most important thing that we can do and that we can control is the questions that we choose to ask ourselves. So if we ask a question like, why did this person quit? How could he do this? What's wrong with him? 
You know, mm, those questions yeah. keep us in the disconnected side. But if we ask a question like, well, what's the first thing I need to do to resolve this position? Where do I need to go next? What opportunities matter most here? Or sometimes my favorite question I go to is, who do I want to be right now? So oh, this question <laughs> shifts me <laughs> out of getting into, why are you quitting? How could yeah. you do this? You've worked here for 10 years, whatever it is. Like all of that versus who do I want to be right now? I want to be a compassionate person. I want to make sure that this person realizes that I actually care. That mm. even though it may have hurt my feelings, that I care about them. And that's how we are able to shift our mindset into something productive. So by asking quality questions and actually at dumpheadtrash.com, you can actually go there they're under resources and there are a list of shift questions. Literally, there are a half dozen of them that you can put in your pocket and you can just pull out. There's no charge for them, by the way. There's no hanky-panky. You don't get emails all the time. It's just resources to help shift. And so when we have those questions, we can really change what our actions are going to be. Because think about your actions. Why did you leave? What is going on? How how are we going to survive without this person? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to our business? That's stuck. Our actions are going to be reactive and probably not as productive, where when we're asking ourselves questions like, what's the first thing to do next? Or how do I move the organization forward with this new situation? Now I'm going to think more creatively. I'll probably be more collaborative and I'll start to take productive action. I I think that's fantastic. I always like, let me piggyback off for a second. If I were to come up and startle you, and well, obviously you probably punched me because you're from Philly. <laughs> but if I were to go up and startle you, <laughs> if I go up and startle you, you'd be like, ah, and you'd be afraid. And so then you see it as me and then we'd laugh. But if I did that, if I startled you and then you were afraid for like an hour, that doesn't make any sense. So to piggyback off what you're saying is we have this first reactive response that I call the first response, which is, oh my gosh. But then when we get to the second response, which is what you're saying is, this is, what are these questions? How can it be proactive? How can it be productive? When we can remove the, the initial shock of something and move right into the second part of it, which is the problem solving solution focus, then all of a sudden we don't get lost in that. So just like if you were afraid for another hour, it doesn't make any sense. So it's the same concept when it comes to when life happens, it always happens. We're automatically going to have a visceral response. That's just natural. But it, but the difference is, is how quickly can you shift into what you're saying as far as this has happened? Oh my gosh, this person quit. They don't like me. Oh, that doesn't feel good. I feel it. I acknowledge it. Now I can stay this way for an hour, just like I've ever started you, but what does that do for me? How does that make, how does that, what's my quality of life for the rest of the day? So to move right into what you're saying, as far as how do you ask these appropriate healthy questions that are productive, that move you into the second response of this is where I want my life to be. This is how I want to show up allows for you to move very quickly into that second part. So I really love hearing that because it's so important. Sometimes we forget that a feeling it can can be so overwhelming that has to control us. So in psychology, we have what's called, um, it's called, well, getting carried away here. But when in psychology, we have this, this, this aspect that talks about when you feel something, it must be true. But that's not true at all. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's true. It just simply means it's a feeling. So it's the same concept as well. If you feel like this person's really angry with you, yeah, they probably are, but now what? So you get the, the choice to move into what you want to do, how you want to show up, how you want to move on in your life. And when we're able to recognize that's what we can do, all of a sudden this other stuff doesn't matter as much as it did before. Yes. So I always say the quality of my life 
is the quality of the questions I'm asking. So I, ju- I just got married a, a year ago and uh, I look at, so it's, you know, I'm married, things happen. Every day is not as beautiful as I'd like to, you know, those books I read early on, I should never have been allowed to read, right? They, they put all kinds of ideas in my head of what everything should look like. But when yeah. I ask my, myself questions like, who do I want to be right now? Or how can I be more supportive right now? Or what is it that Armand needs from me to feel good in our relationship? When I focus on those types of questions, I become a different partner Mm, than when I'm not focused. So we have to really, it's like any muscle, you know, we don't, we understand that we have to teach ourselves the muscle, like when we're little itty bitty babies Mm. of standing up, we have to learn how to do things. We have to learn how to stick the fork actually in our mouth. We're, we're, (laughs) you know, perpetually learning when we're little, but as we get older, for some reason, sometimes we forget that we have to practice certain things so that we can have the quality of life that we want. And yeah. so when I'm asking those kinds of questions, I have a more joyful relationship. When I'm not asking those kinds of questions and I'm like, why is he doing that? What part of take the trash out on Thursday aren't you getting? Right? Like, when I'm asking those kinds of questions, yeah. which are true, like I, I like, as you said earlier on, I don't want any of your listeners to think I'm good at this. I work at it all the time. Exactly. Uh, and it's about being present in it. Um, yeah. And also the, the earlier we learn to do this, the stronger the habit. It's harder yes. for, you know, when, you, when you've been doing it, maybe not the right way for a long time, you have to just work yeah. harder at it. Yes, you do. I'm really, I'm really cavalier. Unfortunately, our time is up. You and I could literally talk all day and we probably will have to, <laughs> chat again some other time. But if my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase your book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential, where will they find all this information online? Again, dumpheadtrash.com. You can buy the book there. There's the joy journal is there. But most importantly, uh, there's a, a tab that says resources and there's white papers on burnout. There are solutions like shift questions, all kinds of resources to help people live in the connected side of their emotional brain. Wonderful. My listeners also know that if I cannot find this information in any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Rini Cavalieri. And once again, her book, Head Trash, The Leading Killer of Human Potential. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I'm super excited to endorse this book and I'm really grateful to have met you and I can't wait to meet with you again. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.